All right, you ready? Yes. What's up, guys and gals? Welcome to episode 57. Take two. Take two, that's right. I just looked dead at Jared like, I got it this time, Jack. Uh, of the What Makes Us Human podcast, this is going to be a real good one. This one's going to go kaboom, isn't it, Jared? Should be a good one. Yeah, it should be a good one. How are you? I'm all right. My allergies are giving me a fit today, so I apologize to our listeners if they can hear any of that, but uh, I'm doing all right. Your nose is a little red. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's been been kind of rough today, but I'm all right. How are you? Good, good. Been a very busy day. I have not been home since 7 a.m., and it is now, as we're recording, it's after 8, 8 p.m. in podcast land. Yep. But driving in your car, it could be any time. Um, so, yeah, this is going to be a good one. I'm looking forward to this. I don't really remember this. I was like three and a half, and you were not born. I was going to say, I definitely do not remember this. So you want to tell our listeners what we're talking about? We are talking about the eruption of Mount St. Helens. And Boom. I think uh, kind of volcanoes in general. Mud everywhere. Uh, yeah, but before we get into it, I thought what we could do is just talk about uh, big volcanoes in general. So one night... I guess about three years ago, I was bored. I'm laying there. It's like 1 a.m. and I've woken up. And it's always, now I've learned, don't grab your phone. Don't look at your phone. Just go back, turn the other way. Go back, you know what I mean? Because you start scrolling. Yep. Yeah. And then you end up down a 48 feet down a rabbit hole and it's 4 a.m. and you're still up, you know, kind of thing. Some Wikipedia rabbit hole. Yeah. Or YouTube rabbit hole. Right. So, uh, but anyway, I kind of got to, to pecking around online and... I did not know there is one volcano out there. We won't don't name it if you know it, but there is one that poses an existential risk to all of humankind if that baby blows. Like I said, don't name it yet. I, there's there's one that I know poses a a significant risk to I guess we might say North America. I don't know if that's the one you're talking about, but There's one that if it goes off that's pretty. If it if it goes off in full fashion, it'll take a couple years, but that'll be the end of all mankind, pretty much. All right. And if you make it, you'll wish you hadn't. You know what I'm saying? All right. Yeah, because it'll be just you and one chick, and chances are she ain't gonna be pretty. So <laughs> she's the only one left here. So uh, so big volcanoes. All right. Mauna Loa in Hawaii. That's a biggie. Have you ever been to Hawaii? I have not. Me neither. They say if you're going to go, you should take two weeks. Okay, I can see that. Because of the jet lag. Okay. They say a lot. I've heard a couple people say by the time you're over the jet lag, you got about two days left and you got to go back. So you don't really get to, yeah. When they're roasting that pig at sunset and dancing around with their uh, lays, you want to be able to enjoy it. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, so Mauna, I guess I'm pronouncing that right, Mauna Loa. Um, have you ever heard of Dakin? I have not, I don't think. That's kind of a, it's something they say on the islands in Hawaii. Okay. It's kind of a filler. Like, if you don't know what else to say, like, if you're like, I went to so-and-so's house, and uh, some people came over, and we might say, it was all right. They might say, it was Dakin. Okay. Isn't that weird? Yeah, I'll have to, I'll have to ask my sister about that. She She's lived in Hawaii for a few years. I did not know that. Okay. Yep. That's right. where my nephew was born. Oh, gotcha. Okay. All right. I did know that. I did know that. I'm just getting forgetful. Uh, Mount St. Helens is a large volcano. 
It's not as large as it used to be. <laughs> and we'll talk about that. Um, Krakatoa. So Krakatoa in, in Indonesia. In 1883, Krakatoa erupted. It's hard to believe right here. 35,000 people were killed. Yep. That's bad. Yep. 1883. So the West was pretty much closed. We were making progress. And 35,000 people were killed by uh, a volcano. Um, I think that's the one that they say, well, that might be Mount Tambora. One, a couple, Maybe a couple of these. They say the sound traveled around the world. Okay. Like it, the the shock wave went around the world and then lapped itself. Like then kept going even further past the volcano again. That is amazing. Yeah, that's crazy. All right. The Yellowstone Caldera. All right. That is the volcano. Is that what you were thinking of? Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. Okay. So if Yellowstone goes off in its full fashion, from what I have read... Now, folks, if you're going to Yellowstone next week, don't worry about this because if it happens, we're all screwed. So, <laughs> and if it happens while you're there, you'll you you'll have missed all the action because you'll have just taken it right to the face. You won't even know what hit you. Um, but if the Yellowstone, I'm, I'm I'm not sure why it's called a caldera. Maybe I should have done more homework. But I, this is not about Yellowstone. You know the whole podcast. But if that puppy goes off, I read that in Charlotte, North Carolina will be covered in ash. Like, it will snow inches upon inches of ash in Charlotte. Yeah, this is this is an absolute beast of a volcano. It's 30 miles by 45 miles. Golly, Bob. 1,200 square miles? And about uh, 9,200 9, feet high. Mm. And, uh, yeah, it's a... Uh, yeah, if this one went off... It would at very it would at the very least wipe out a large chunk of the world population. Whether yeah. it completely destroyed everything probably depends on the size of the eruption. Right. But yeah. So this thing would it would wipe out instantly about four states worth of population. Instantly. That's crazy. Four whole four or five entire states in the United States of America would be decimated within one second. Every person in those states. Uh, that's why I said don't worry about it if you're going to Yellowstone next week. Just enjoy it and don't pet the buffalo. <laughs> um, the, and also from what I read, this would the ash would make it into the stratosphere, obviously, and it would blanket the entire Earth in such a fashion that pretty much nobody within about a week, there, there wouldn't be a person on the planet that could see blue sky. Sure. It would t- we would look like Venus. And once that happens, it's hard to, to shake that and get it to get a hole in it and break it up. And you're looking at possibly 40 years of no sunlight once that happens. So everything would die. You wouldn't be able to grow anything. Yeah, I feel like this is a, maybe a good good point because at some point we have to talk about when we say ash when referring to a volcano, you might think of... You know, if you have a campfire and ash starts going up in the smoke. All those little pieces. Yeah. Look like paper. Yeah. But that's not what we're talking about. No. We're talking about bits of rock that have essentially been crumbled, like very finely crumbled. But if you breathe this stuff in, 
it's like breathing in little shard, like very glass. tiny shards of glass. Yeah. So it's the ash has a significant effect. Aside from blocking out the sun and you know killing all life, it's uh, the ash is is deadly. Yeah. And in the con- I mean, with the whole world within a couple of weeks being forced into a third world situation, a lot of people are going to be outside, and you're going to be breathing this stuff in. Yep. So if Yellowstone goes off, you're going to know, and we'll talk about this some. Yellowstone's not just going to go boom, but you're going to ha- you're going to have uh, things that start happening. You're going to have bulges in the earth. Maybe you're going to have small hundreds of small earthquakes begin. Now, I will say, if next week they start recording tons and tons of tiny earthquakes around Yellowstone, it might be time to start heading for uh, Patagonia. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) To get as far down in South America as you could possibly get. Uh, But anyway, so that's Yellowstone. Not far enough. Not far enough, Jack. Now, Mount Tambora. Mount Tambora erupted in 1815. And this kind of came close as far as meteorologically I guess is that that's a word okay yeah. I don't want to have to spell it but um, to what we're talking about as you can come so this puppy erupted and it caused the year without a summer in 1816 because it put so much ash into the atmosphere of our planet that you had snow in like Atlanta Georgia in June of eighteen sixteen. It totally wrecked the, the normal temperature. It cooled the planet significantly. Yes, there you go. Thank you very much. Yeah. Uh so a couple of things we can talk about that Mount Tambor's eruption produced in the art world. Okay. The famous painting The Scream with the weird looking guy and his hands to his yep. face. Um and the orange background behind him. Yep. Uh, it's kinda for for those in our audience who might not be familiar, um, you can certainly look it up, and I would encourage you to do that. But it's kind of also in a, in a maybe a more modern idea to give you, a more modern take to give you an idea of what this looks like. It's Macaulay Culkin in Home Alone. Yeah, you know, hands on his face and you know, mouth open, screaming. But you know, not a movie. So this was painted by Ed, Edvard, is it with a V? I always want to say Edward, but Edvard Munch. Okay. Um, and I don't think he painted it till like the 1890s. But it's based on the year without a summer and the panic um, that okay. ensued from that. Yeah, because you know there's a lot of uh, a lot of religious folks uh, thought this was the end of the world. Maybe, you know, uh, just the total change in normal temperature and what that does to the growth of crops i mean it just decimated normal life worldwide pretty much yeah and maybe even non-religious folks maybe even you know enlightenment people because if you don't know when it's going to clear up ever if ever yeah yeah, that's gonna cause a lot of concern and (sighs) we felt a little bit of that with covid like winter when when is this gonna? When am I gonna be in be able to be in a room with more than twenty people, and not everybody in there have thirty seven thousand different opinions about what we're doing? You know what I mean? The whole idea. I don't of think we've gotten past that point. <laughs> we ain't got past that point. Yet. <laughs> uh, 
another thing that <laughs> another thing that this produced um, was Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Yep. Mary Shelley was on vac on holiday. I don't guess they called it vacation at that point, but she was on holiday with some friends and some other people that were a little closer than friends. Uh, <laughs> if you if you know Mary Shelley, you know what I'm talking about. Um, and it was summertime, but it was raining and it was cool, like it was a chill in the air. Yeah. And you, they just didn't want to be outside. It's too cold even in the summer. And uh, they stayed in all day, and they were nerds, obviously. Um, and they had a little contest about who could write the, the scariest story. And, uh, and she had been chewing on a subject matter, and so she kind of cranked out this short story that turned into what we know as Frankenstein. Um, all right, let's get classical. Okay. Vesuvius. Sure. Pompeii and Herculaneum. Let's talk a little bit about that. All right. I, Pompeii is one of those that I think I was probably about sixth grade when it really got, like, covered in, in a class in school. And, uh, you know, some of the things that were brought out, of course, is the fact that the city was just wiped off the map. Yep. And that as they went back, you know, much, much later, centuries later, and started to excavate, when they located where Pompeii had been, started to excavate, they found that, uh, I guess the the ash and everything that had formed around the people, I don't know how else to say this, the people were no longer there, but their outline, their form was in, in the product that hit from the volcano that had hardened so you essentially had these hollow people or what was left of people um, I don't know that that's that concept is fascinating sounds irreverent or something but it, it really is fascinating yeah so I did not know this until today but uh, on February 5th 18, 1862 on February 5th, A.D. 62, okay. uh, there was a terrible earthquake that destroyed most of the buildings in Pompeii, and they had to rebuild. And then, so that'd be 17 years later, so 79 A.D. Uh, so <laughs> they do all this rebuilding. You know, you, everybody's calling nationwide and their insurance provider and doing all this, and then boom. Uh, and, of course, back then, I don't think you had the whole... Uh, idea of well, the earthquakes and all these different things are signs that you're getting ready to have a volcano erupt. You know, hey, maybe we should you know not rebuild right next to this thing that's you know causing earthquakes and spewing ash every once in a while. Smoking, yeah, yeah. You kind of think that they might, but I guess no one was around to be upset that they rebuilt and it got destroyed. Oh, right, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> you. I guess I kind of wonder. You know how people say they believe something, but when it comes down to brass tacks, very few of them actually believe it. I kind of wonder if a part of me thinks that they would be associating this volcano with like an angry god okay. and not build near it, you know. But people never really change. And so I also kind of wonder if I'm wrong about that. And, and people even back then 
culturally they may have said they believe in something like that, but then around the dinner table with if it's just you know Plautus with his wife, he might have been like, yeah, I don't really buy into that. You know, it's just a big mound of dirt that's got smoke coming out of it. Well, it takes significant belief. It takes really believing something to be willing to uproot your family for yeah. it. Yeah. So even if you thought, hey, this is maybe not a good thing and we maybe we shouldn't be here, you really have to buy into that and a lot usually, more than maybe to uproot your family and move all your you know, move everything. Sell and move. And you usually stand out if you're like that. Yeah. Yeah. So you're either a person of conviction amongst your peers or you're a freak. <laughs> you know? Or you're both. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. You're the guy with tinfoil on his head, you know, waving a sign in the street. Right. Yeah. So it could kind of be either or or both depending on who's looking at you. And that, see, we, we've kind of gotten away from me saying this, son. I, I don't know if people roll their eyes or if they like it or not. But that's one of the things about this that makes us human, you know, to, to be on the nose with the name of the podcast. Sure. Is stuff like that, you know. All right. You ready to get into Mount St. Helens? Sure, we can. All right. Mount St. Helens is what they call a dacite, I think I'm pronouncing that right, volcano. Okay. Now, this gets into how deadly these puppies are. A dacite volcano is when it blows, it's putting 62 to 69%. Like, if you were to test what's coming out of it, 62 to 69% of that going into the atmosphere, if it erupts, is silica. Okay. Which causes cancer. Okay. Yeah. You don't want to breathe that in. Sure. Now, I listened to a podcast uh, earlier this week. Um, it's at, it seemed like it was done by FEMA, of all people. And, like, the guy that was running the podcast, I think he works for FEMA. I'm not 100% sure. Um, but he grew up not too far from this. I think he grew up in Portland, which is 52 miles uh, from the volcano. Um, and he was talking about how for like three weeks they had to wear masks if they went outside and how school was canceled for two weeks after the eruption because they're worried about the kids waiting on the bus and being outside. And of course he made a, he went for 15 minutes after that into a diatribe comparing the eruption to what we've been through with COVID because he's a FEMA Okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, sure. Yeah, which I, I didn't tune in for that. But anyway, um, so yeah, a dacite volcano is going to put out some very carcinogenic stuff into the atmosphere. So this thing is 52 miles northeast of Portland, Oregon. It's 98 miles south of Seattle. And I'm probably going to butcher the name here, but it's placed in a county called Skamania. That's what I'm going with. That's Scamania. Yeah, be my guess. Okay, Scamania, Scamania um, County. Um, it's a stratovolcano, and I could say a lot there. It just means it's explosive the way it's set up. Um, it's got it's your typical baking soda volcano that you would make for um, a science experiment. Sure, it's probably what you think of when you think of when you picture a volcano. Yep. Uh, is this this is the one where the other one is a shield volcano, is that correct? Yeah. And that's more of, a shield volcano is more of what you see in places like Hawaii. Uh, if you think of, uh, 
Well, if you think of like Captain America's shield laying on the ground, that's right. that's you know kind of what this thing looks like. There's not a lot of rise to it, and usually they're more uh, just kind of maybe even continual lava flow in some of these when Hawaii, I think. But uh, you know, it's more of a it's just putting out some lava and maybe getting bigger because of that, as opposed to these big explosive eruptions. Yeah. Now. Mount St. Helens is 34 miles west of Mount Adams, and the people in the area that are used to going there on day trips and just live around that general area, they call Mount Adams and Mount St. Helens kind of a brother and sister okay. mountain range. They're that close together. You could be at one, and you know, just an hour and a half later, I guess, you're visiting the other on a day trip or what have you. Now, a little bit of history about it. In 1792, a guy named Captain George Vancouver, which I think the name's interesting because you're up there near Vancouver Island and all that, uh, he named it after a friend of his who was the Baron St. Helens. Or I don't know if you say Baron of or if it's just Baron St. Helens. He named it. uh, Now, once again, it already had a name from the local people who had been there for thousands of years. Yeah, I yeah. saw there's a, there's a few different name indigenous names for it depending on the tribe. So yeah. I didn't really get into that because because it has a lot of names. But yeah, it does. Uh, now from 1831 to 1857, she saw a little bit of action. Um, early our our forefathers from the United States uh, during that time they saw they notated uh, and talked about a lot of things going on. It stopped in 1857. However, the, the mountain itself, the volcano, was not dormant, um, obviously, because she went kablooey in 1980. Sure. So, let's see here. 49, you get the gold rush, correct? Yep. Okay. So, there were some people on the West Coast. Yep. Just not a lot. Right, not a lot, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there was enough to... So 1849 is what pulled everybody out of North Carolina. Yeah. Yeah, everybody was here digging because they were finding it left and right. And then they decided to take the six-month trip to California. Yep. And there was still gold here to be, and there still is gold here to be found. Yep. You just people, well, once again, if you dig for it, you're the guy with the tinfoil hat. (laughs) You know what I mean? But especially being that far north, uh, they would have been going to California. But they would not yet have been going to Alaska because the Alaska gold rush hadn't happened yet. Right. So that's kind of what built up some of these port cities up in Oregon and Washington. So really, yeah, there probably wasn't a lot of people in, in the area as far as um, white settlers, I guess. Right, yeah. All right, now, March 16th, 1980. Once again, I don't remember this because I wasn't even four years old yet. I was born in 76. I'll turn four uh, later that year. <laughs> but on March 16th, 1980, a 4.2, which is not the end of the world, a 4.2 earthquake happens. Um, now, this is 1980. So there aren't a bunch of people that are sitting. When that happens, everybody doesn't turn on their computer and start working like we would now. When that happens, everybody leaves uh, I don't even know if they, I guess they leave their typewriter and their telephone and they go to the mountain. Sure. Um, and what they do is they dig some little holes and they put these, 
I never figured quite how to say this. Uh, seismometers, I guess. Um, seismometers, maybe. But seismometers, I think, is usually yeah. How yeah. It's um, and they they dig a little hole in the ground and they put them in there and the and then they cover them up and there's some sort of element suspended inside that little box and when the ground shakes it registers that movement and it records how much movement has happened around that element. Yeah, um, so there was one of these on Mount St. Helens prior to this, and then once this earthquake happened, it was kind of they swarmed in multiple. and started yeah, placing them kind of all around. Yeah, yeah. All right, now March 27th, so now we're 11 days um, later. March 27th, 1980, you have your first eruption, first real eruption in over 100 years. Um, steam comes out of the center of the summit. Uh, seven days later, you have a 400 meter diameter crater that has formed on the mountain. Small explosions start to happen, and they end up becoming daily occurrences. Yeah, when this first when this first happens, it's throwing like steam and ash like a mile up. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Between May 7th and May 17th, you end up with hundreds of earthquakes. Now, there's a site you can get on that shows you earthquakes around the world. Yep. And there's like hundreds of earthquakes every day around the world. It's just kind of the earth. It's plate shifting. Yeah, it's the earth doing what it does. Yeah. Just being alive. You know, when plates stop shifting, about about said start, start. When plates stop shifting, you, you're you're well on your way to becoming Mars. Yeah, something yeah. something's really wrong. Yeah. yeah, so you want earthquakes and you want plate shifting. But from May seventh to May seventeenth, hundreds of earthquakes happen. Now I jumped April, um, but you just have a lot of activity that's starting to exponentially um, grow during April and on into May. Now by the time you get to May seventeenth, the north face of the mountain has this humongous bulge like a tumor that has grown on it yeah this is one of those things that after the first earthquake and they start measuring all these subsequent earthquakes and the steam eruption and then everything i you know i read that they were still pretty sure that it was going to be a vertical eruption it was going to go come straight out the top yep there was a uh, a large boulder, I guess, on top that had formed from the previous eruption, 100 years earlier. And they thought, well, it'll build up pressure under that until it pops, and then it's all going to go out the top. It's going to be a vertical. And even after this massive, like several hundred feet bulge starts forming on the north side, a lot of them still thought it's still going to be a vertical eruption. Yeah, that's just what you picture. You know but I mean, I mean, that's not just the average person. This is the scientists who are saying this is going to be a vertical yeah, eruption. Yeah, And I think it was actually some guy who came in, I, forget, I did not write his name down, but who came in from Hawaii and had been studying earthquake uh, volcanic eruptions in Hawaii okay. who looked at this and thought, no. He told, started telling people, no, this is going to erupt out that north face. Which is a lateral eruption. Yes. Which is not good. It's going <laughs> to go straight at some stuff, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, I, one thing I listened to this week, uh, there was an interview with a lady who 
she kind of said that this eruption kind of changed her life because it got her interested as a youngster into volcanism. Okay. Which is not the study of where Mr. Spock is from on Star Trek, <laughs> but the study of volcanoes and magma and lava and all this. Um, and she said that, you know, once this bulge formed, uh, then basically the, the sheriff's department had to shut down the mountain and the area around it. Um, the, the logging company normally went in there to, to get timber which I was kind of surprised about. Sure. Warehouser, which is still a brand that exists today, owned a lot of property around Mount St. Helens. And the summit was owned by a railroad company. I thought that was weird. I can't remember the name of it. But a railroad company owned the actual tip top of it. So, yeah, I, I, I saw this in, in, in researching about this a little bit. There was a couple things at play. One was the governor of Washington at the time had uh, I believe it was a doctorate in a scientific field but not at all related to this like it was marine biology or something right but she was kind of notorious for speaking as if she had some knowledge and authority on anything to do with science and she was basically telling people don't panic this, this is going to be okay the other thing is that Really, even after they started closing off sections and making an official, like, exclusion zone, they didn't go on to warehouse or property. So even if they start closing things off, the loggers are still going up on their property. That's crazy. Yeah, to the point that some of the loggers complained to a state board, whatever state, whatever Washington State's version of OSHA is, and and they went the board went to Warehouser and basically said, Hey, what's the deal? And they said, Well, if an eruption happens, here's our plan for getting people off. <laughs> like you're gonna have time. <clears throat> the other thing, as they start closing off these areas, because they're not impacting the logging area, is Warehouser allowed the public to use these logging roads. So if they're not closing off the logging areas, th- these roads become ways for Campers, right? Journalists, people who just want to go see it—they're all clogging up these logging roads because now it's the only way they can get close to the mountain. And people were evidently, as they as they began to realize something is going to happen, and you know, most people are picturing that they're going to see a vertical eruption. Uh, every by the time you get to May, every day people are using those logging roads you're talking about, and they're they're having picnics. Yep. Like you're going to see an outdoor film, and they're watching this. This is terrible, man. I, I saw one where a couple, a couple campers would use these and go up and and camp out or whatever, and then go to like the local police, and essentially like mock them. Like, hey, did you not see that guy up there in the red sleeping bag? Oh, that was me. <laughs> you know, like yeah, that's how people are treating this. Yeah. Just nonchalant. Yep. Yeah. Uh, they had their cabins closed down, so they couldn't get to their cabins. Um, so, yeah, it was real convoluted as far as who could go, who couldn't go, um, the exclusion zones. But you had your scientists getting in, um, and you had your uh, media getting in. Now, one thing that was a big draw to the media was this guy from West Virginia. He was born in West Virginia. 
If you asked him, he said he didn't know when his birthday was, but he, his parents said he was born in October. That's all he knew. Named Harry R. Truman. Not Harry S. Truman, the president, but Harry R. Truman. And if you asked him what the R stood for, he would tell you he couldn't remember. He just knew his middle name started with R. Okay. <laughs> um, and he lived out there. He lived in the Mount St. Helens Lodge on Spirit Lake, one mile from the mountain. So he lived in the heart of the bullseye. Yep. That that uh, newly forming bulge is essentially pointing directly at this lodge. Yep. Yeah. Right at it. I mean, he is the bullseye for this thing. Um, he's quite a character. He went through several marriages that were all rocky. Uh, the last one, I believe, he convinced an- um, another married lady that she should leave her husband and marry him, and she did. Um, he was known to... He's a big man. He was known to get in arguments with his wife at the lodge and they would go outside and argue right there on the edge of the lake and he would pick her up and just toss her in the water. Wow. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. He just chuck her in the lake. And there's I one, hope she could swim. Yeah, well, yeah. And she just, I guess she just, she's probably in a part where she just put your feet down and stand up. But uh, there was a fella who stayed there a lot but wouldn't pay. And uh, he, the guy was fishing in the lake, and uh, Harry R. Truman marched himself out there and confronted the man. And when the man said it, you know, it'd be a while before he could pay or whatever, uh, Harry just pushed him in the lake, right in front of God and everybody. People saw him do it; just chucked him right in the lake. All right. Uh, he had sixteen cats. Wow. So there's, I, I, I now know what the lodge probably smelled like. Uh, when his third wife passed away, crazy cat person. Yeah. When his third wife passed away, I think that's when he got the cats. Uh, the lodge shut down, and he just lived there, kind of like um, Stephen King's. Uh, what's the name of that? Oh, The Shining. The Shining, yeah, just an empty hotel, yeah. Um, but he just hung out there by himself with his cats. He hated Republicans. Okay. With a special purple hatred. Okay. Um, he he only liked Democrats. So if you were Republican, you didn't tell him. Um, so I guess he was not a fan of Reagan in 1980. You know what I mean? I guess he was mad about Jimmy Carter not getting reelected. Um, but he, he was very no, no, <laughs> not going there. He caused the media circus because he refused to leave, and he was very animated um, on camera, and he told it like it was, and he liked to curse. So he made a good. He made for a good shot on the camera sure and to, to give the crazy cat guy a little bit of credit i guess i think i read this lodge had burned down like twice yeah or, right. or had been destroyed by natural disasters twice and he just rebuilt it yeah so he was kind of i guess he was thinking i've been through i've been through worse and it's fine i'll just rebuild when it's all that's said right. and done that's yeah. exactly right i mean he pictured himself with a leaf blower blowing the ash off the roof yeah because you know people were leaf blowers a thing in 1980? Maybe not. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> he pictured himself with a broom up on the roof, yeah. But once again, a lot of times we don't know what's coming. We just have no idea. We're not. A lot of times we're not even in the ballpark when it comes to what we think is getting ready to happen. Sure. You know, and I think he honestly thought that when this thing erupted, he would take some some towels and wipe the ash off the windows and sweep the deck off and, and keep going, you know? Yeah, it's people in Florida having hurricane parties. Right, yes, yeah. yeah. So he caused the media circus, aggravated the fool out of the sheriff who had to go down there every time he threw his wife in the lake. 
Um, so he just, and I was talking with uh, our friend Marshall today at a graduation party for one of our graduates here at our church. Yep. And um, I asked him, I said, do you remember? Because Marshall said he was born in 55. Okay. So he was born the year Marty showed up in Back to the Future. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and I said, do you remember the eruption of Mount St. Helens? He said, absolutely. He said, and this is crazy, Jared. He said, they interviewed this man, and he refused to leave, and he ran this hotel. And I was like, oh, my gosh, he is talking about Harry R. Truman. Yep. Yep. So anyway, um, he said that one of the first things Harry R. Truman said was the initial quake shook him out of his bed and onto the floor. And that he told a good story on camera, and he said that uh, he just went ahead and threw his his mattress on the floor and just slept on the floor because he knew more quakes were coming, but he'd be all right. Okay. Yeah. All right. So now we get to May eighteenth, nineteen eighty. May eighteenth is a big day in the Lindemann House because it's the day that I pulled off the road. I pulled off a of Liberty Road in Guilford County and grabbed a payphone and stuck a quarter in it. And I called this young lady I'd been eating suppers with once in a while named Carrie. And I was like, I don't want to, I'm, I'm sticking my neck out there. I don't want to get stuck in the friend zone. Can our next supper be a date? And she, and there was this million year long pause. <laughs> and she said, sure. <laughs> and, uh, and here we still are today. That was in 1997. All right. Yep. May eight, May seventeenth is our anniversary. Oh, really? Yeah, our okay. wedding anniversary. But not ninety seven. Not ninety seven. Because you'd have been. I would have been seven. <laughs> okay. All right. You'd been like fifth grade or eighth grade or something. No. Seven would have been second, second grade. grade. Yeah. Second grade. So May eighteenth, nineteen eighty. Here we go. Five point two earthquake takes place. The mountain cannot take any more jiggle. She can't wiggle anymore. And she has a lateral explosion off the north face. Basically, that giant zit that had formed on the north face burst. Yep. I know that's gross. Um, I would plan (laughs) on that. When that happened, that thing went from 9,677 feet she dropped by over 1,300 feet to 8,364 feet, just like that. That means before the eruption, Mount St. Helens was bigger than the volcano in Yellowstone. And after the eruption, it's smaller, shorter. Oh, wow. That's Cause, crazy. Because the Yellowstone was 9,200. So. That is crazy. And you can see it on camera. It's You know, because they had the scientists way yeah. away. They were watching. Um. 57 people died in the eruption. That's nuts. I saw where the scientists at one point, when it just kind of kept getting worse and kept getting worse prior to the explosion, requested the natural National Guard bring in an uh, armored personnel carrier oh. for them, you know, in case they had to get out or whatever. Okay. Um, as they just, because they were, they were, this is going to be bad. Yeah, know? they knew. They, they At one point they moved their observation post further away than yeah. it had been. And then they call contact the National Guard, and they're like, hey, we need an armored personnel carrier. Yeah. Now, for our listeners, <clears throat> I want you to get on YouTube and check that. You can stop right now and go check it out. And now that you're back, you know what we're talking about. This, this You didn't is, tell them what to look up first. Well, just Mount St. Helens eruption. Oh, okay. This is the most epic 
largest landslide, most violent explosion in modern times. It sent stuff 25 kilometers into the sky, way up into the stratosphere. Um, 600 square kilometers were decimated, totally destroyed. The Great Plains, within a day, saw ash. So, like, you're in Nebraska, and you saw ash within uh, probably 24 hours. Um, So, these things called lahars which are a mix of lava and mud, and, water. Yeah. Um, lahars, lahars come with these explosions because of the snow melt. Right, yes. That's where the water's coming yeah, from. Yeah. So, so it just evaporated. all of this stuff. Yeah, yeah, all at once. Yeah. All that snow melted into a flood that mixed with this mud and ash. Um, and they say that some of the lahars went 80 miles an hour, some 200 miles an hour. That is, cr- imagine the noise that that would create. Um, in a 24-hour period, this is the guy I remember hearing years ago now, but in a 24-hour period, one of these created a 140th scale of the Grand Canyon. Yes, I've heard that. That's nuts. It is. That is crazy. In one day. One day. 520 million tons of ash was in the air for two weeks just in the in America, North America. 520 million tons of ash. Yep. Um, 57 people died. Tons of wildlife suffered of all kinds. 47 bridges were lost. 40, not two or three, 47 bridges destroyed. Um... You have to figure a lot of the wildlife was smart enough after two months of earthquakes. Maybe to get like, out. Yeah, let's let's uh, leave this area. Yeah, I picture like Bambi, but during the forest fire, you know, a hundred and eighty-five miles of highway, not like eighteen miles, a hundred and eighty-five miles of highway destroyed, fifteen miles of railroad totally destroyed. It's I don't know how they came up with this, but estimated that ten million trees were felled instantly. Okay. Now, have you ever chopped a tree down? Yes. That's a lot well, of work. I mean, with a chainsaw, not yeah. with an axe. Right. Chopping makes you think of an axe, but yeah. Yeah. The work that goes in to cutting a tree down. Sure. Ten million trees just... Yep. You know, between the explosion, the lahars. Um, this is a Hiroshima-sized <laughs> event. Yep. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. It's like a bomb just... Unreal. Now, our friend, if you're a Democrat, (laughs) Harry R. Truman, uh, to give you an idea of what this fella experienced, along with Spirit Lake, on on whose shores his precious lodge sat, along with Spirit Lake, he was instantly evaporated, basically vaporized. Spirit Lake, they say, was probably like a drop of water in your microwave. I mean, yeah. just instantly gone. He was—he never knew what hit him, never had a clue, instantly vaporized from the heat of the explosion, and is now under 150 feet of mud. That is, I mean, to think that this guy, you know, thought that, that, that he would lose his roof and have to sweep off a deck and put new shingles on, 
um, probably stamp out some small fires. And he was instantly buried in 150 feet of mud. Yep. It's hard to fathom. Absolutely hard to totally, it's just beyond anything you can imagine. Um, so this made worldwide news. Could have been a lot worse, but it's, it's pretty much one of the biggest booms we've ever seen in modern time. Sure. Natural booms. Yeah. Yeah. So the big one of the big deals here that I probably should have talked about earlier is that lava is kind of like lava's magma that's made it out of the earth. Yes. Magma is liquid rock. Yeah. But magma is held it's almost not liquid while it's under the crust. You got the crust, you got dirt, and then you got the crust, and then you got the mantle. Um, and, and magma is not really liquid because of all the pressure it's under. But once it gets out, you know what I mean? Yeah, and so all that force. And I've never heard of a lateral. This is the only lateral explosion I'm familiar with because I think Vesuvius was straight up when it uh, when it went off. Yeah. But the pressure that built up on this thing is just... It's amazing to see on the video this huge bulge on the side of this mountain. It's scary stuff, man. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, we talked about Harry R. Truman. We talked about the giant lava tumor. Oh, band name. Um, I mean, this... This is unreal. And I'm kind of fascinated with Yellowstone, not the series. I've tried to watch the series, and it's too many one-liners. Uh, I saw part of one episode, and it didn't, I mean, I was not interested. Right. And I hate I that. Not, I know that's not fair enough to judge anything, any series by, but it's just. Yeah. I think it maybe also is on a streaming service maybe we don't have, which oh, okay. also further. There you go. Maybe not interested, so. But I'm kind of fascinated with Yellowstone. Uh, this is. The Mount St. Helens eruption is fascinating. Um, so, the power of nature. I can't, can you think of anything else that, uh, I mean, you got hurricanes that do some pretty serious, uh, but it's, it seems localized though, you know? Sure. Like, we've had a massive hurricane hit North Carolina, um, but it's it's very... Now, we had that one a couple years ago that buzzsawed up the whole East Coast, and that did a lot of damage. Yeah. But uh, people usually leave, you know, and you don't have 35,000 people dead like with uh, Tambora or whatever it was, uh, Krakatoa. Um, But it's hard to think of something doing this kind of damage this fast. I guess that's what I'm saying. Other than like a 9.0 earthquake in L.A. or something. Yeah, and we, I mean... They had technology for warnings in 1980, and they had some warnings. But even still, then, not like today. Right. Um, so they're, today, usually, with any of these kinds of things, there's enough early warnings that most of the people are leaving the area, and, and the impact is, is minimal. Yeah. They could do like one of those Amber Alerts where everybody in the restaurant, everybody in your county... Everybody in your state could get a beep, 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 and you look at your phone and it says, the volcano's about to blow, you know? <laughs> it's yeah. like a Jimmy Buffett song, yeah. you know? So, so that was, uh, I hope I did it somewhat justice. That's Mount St. Helens. 
Yeah, I, have a, I was thinking about this. I have a friend whose grandfather moved here from Washington State area. And I don't know the timing of that, but I kind of wonder if this had any impact on their oh. decision to move across the country. <laughs> We're going to get as far away from volcanoes as we as can. possible. Yeah. I mean, we have, we've been having several small earthquakes in our area, but we don't have a volcano yeah, we don't have to a vol- piss off with them. Yeah, we don't have a volcano, but yeah, there is a fault line through the area. And yeah, we, we I don't know if we're having more earthquakes than usual or just we're more aware like we as a people are more aware of them because of social media and things oh well because most of the time they tell us oh we had a 3.2 earthquake and i'm like we did yeah we didn't feel it yeah there was one sparta a couple years ago on a sunday morning yes I was still laying in bed, and I felt it. I didn't know what it was at the time, but I felt it. Right. But that's the only earthquake I'm aware of that I've ever felt. Is that in the my one life. that cracked Main Street in Sparta? I think it was. Yeah. Have you seen that crack? Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. So it was bigger, and it was closer than a lot of the other ones we've had lately. Yeah, and there was a lot of damage. That when there's a lot of damage up there. I went camping uh, with a couple buddies and uh, up on the Appalachian Trail, and we went through Sparta, and uh, they had the road still closed off. Yeah. At that point, and you could see this big old crack. You know, I'm like, wow. Yeah. So the Earth doing its thing, man. All right. Anything else? Rate, like, and subscribe. Absolutely. You can find us on social media at WMUH Podcast on uh, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter. We have uh, I mentioned before we started putting. Uh, audio versions or of of I don't know how to say this. It's audio recordings, but it's in a video format um, on YouTube. Yeah, and um, check them out. Those are now um, starting with last week. Also, also now on Spotify. So if you happen to listen to this on Spotify, you'll see in your feed one that says video, and then one and then the standard episode. So you yeah. have you have both options. But you know, we got to do a ta- another taste test soon. Put that on YouTube. <laughs> you don't want to do I don't that, like do the you? ideas you usually come up with for these things. But all, right. <laughs> all right. Yeah. So look forward to that. Yeah. All right, folks. Well, we'll see you next week. Later.